1: contest selection, strategy, Saturday slate, Sunday slate, and some special strategy games we've prepared for you. All that and more on the Rotowire Friday DFS podcast. (laughs) I'm Alan Soslowski, sitting in for Scott Genstad, who's living the life of leisure, but here with the star of the show, Ryan Belongi. What's up, my friend, Ryan? Hey, Alan, good to see you. Uh, nice to see you. i um, happy to
2: have you filling in for Scott. I know. Um, a major upgrade, right? Major upgrade. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that. Scott's pretty good, but I hear you're pretty good, too. Um, I'm excited to get into some football. I think we're going to have some fun.
1: Yeah, no, Scott's the goat, man. I, I don't think anybody does it better than him, but uh, I, I'm happy to be sitting here with you. I was going to make the joke, you know, it's finally good to do a podcast with you because, you know, we've known each other for like what, 20 years? We went to kindergarten together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I mean, for those listening,
1: yeah, I was just saying, for those listening now, uh, you know, I've been watching Ryan's videos. I think he's a sharp guy, and, and that's why I'm happy to be sitting here getting his advice. I'm, I'm just a casual DFS player. I do play and I do pay attention, but I'm just curious, how long have you been doing DFS in a serious way?
2: Um, since about 2018, or sorry, 2018. Yeah, since about 2018, um, I would say I started doing it full time. Yeah, the middle of that year, um, beginning of 2019, so about three
1: years. What, where do you cut like what's your background? Are you a season long player, a dynasty player? Were you poker? Like, yeah, give me a little um, bit of, but uh...
2: yeah, I played. You know, fantasy sports my whole life, starting in sixth, seventh grade, all of them football, baseball, basketball, soccer. Um, And then I played a lot of poker too. Um, I started playing poker in high school. I played online in college, uh, a little bit after college. Um, Then I worked as an accountant and uh, later as a financial advisor. And yeah, then I started, when I started making uh, a little bit of money at DFS, and I thought like I might have a chance to, I don't know, make an okay living or at least, at least, um, a good enough chance to try. I, um, I, so,
1: uh, yeah, that was about three years ago. Um, yeah. so what I was going to say is that, I mean, you, you did some soccer DFS before you jumped on the podcast with Scott, right? That was, uh, you were, you were grinding on soccer. Are you still doing that? that, that? My,
2: yeah, that was my main thing. That's sort of like how I learned DFS. Um, I was lucky in that I just really knew soccer. So I was able to win in DFS without, I guess, understanding the game theory or really how to um, play DFS. Um, At least uh, what most people think is the correct way um, using game theory and not just, I guess, you know, predicting what's going to happen or, you know Um, but yeah, soccer, it, it allowed me to learn how to play the other sports.
1: Yeah. And what's what, that's what I like about your, your sort of nonchalant style. You, 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 the way I gather from watching your videos and that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. And, and for all those that tune into this podcast, normally we are going to talk about our best plays, our favorite values and how to construct your roster. But I just want to talk a little bit about us cause I'm fascinated about game theory. I'm glad you said that. Um, you have like this almost non-emotional style to you that I think is a pretty sharp thing. Now, how do you detach yourself of that? Is it just playing a lot or like, hey, you don't get like locked in on a player. You get locked in on, you know, you're really going through meticulously. And that's what I think our, our first, my first question for you is take me through a typical week. Forget COVID and you have to pay attention and all these swaps and and people uh, getting benched last minute. But take me through a week. When do you start like perusing the pricing and, and then setting some initial lineups?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, pretty much right away. But just to, to answer your your initial question, um, that attitude and mindset, I think t- it just comes from a lot of experience, and and honestly, it comes from a lot of losing, lo- making mistakes. I mean, just making so many mistakes over and over again, um, learning, I guess, uh, the, the the correct way to do things, or at least. Um, yeah.
1: I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. Um, I mean, you have to have failures, right? I mean, failures, I mean, it's very cliche, but failing is, uh, is the best way to learn. I mean, you, yeah, know, I you know,
2: I've heard, I've heard people say like the the most successful people are the ones that have failed the most times. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it's really a lot of losing and then just, and not wanting to lose anymore. Um, having be, be willing to change, uh, be willing to adapt constantly, um, Having an open mind, um, I guess, and just like sort of like an overall thing is I think a lot of people are too sure about things that you can never be sure about.
1: For example, Um, what?
2: A lot of things, but players, we just – players that are locks for instance are for sure to have good games are always going to smash in this spot have to roster these guys no matter what it's almost never the case and not many people can get away from that I think that's what that's what um sort of stops a lot of people is yeah there's I always say like there's no such thing as a lock like especially in especially in NFL DFS and I don't think people are willing to take enough chances like especially in dfs you're you're rewarded for taking the most amount of risk in in most in most scenarios and it's usually the people that are willing to take the most amount of risk that get the biggest rewards um yeah
1: yeah i think that's 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 pretty short play but what do you also think you you mentioned something that i want to hit on you said uh well First of all, the reason I'm asking a lot of these questions right now is because week 16, a lot of people fall out of their season-long playoffs and they come into DFS. So the DFS grinders, they're there all year. I think week 1 and week 15, 16, is when you see the influx of the more casual players. So I think this is a good refresh and a reset for the grinders. And also, it's helpful for those who are coming in that want to just get a few tips. And yes, we're going to give you who the locks, you know, we're going to give you who the plays are in locks. I put in air quotes for those listening because there are no locks but our favorite plays but it's important what do you think are a a, one or two common mistakes that the casual players and maybe even the grinders make uh, as they set their lineups each week
2: um i think i think a lot of players have too much chalk in their lineups or or put more cash game style lineups into tournaments uh, lineups that might not have enough correlation or might just have might just be jamming in all the popular players you know not a- not enough low rostered players um yeah I think I, I think that's probably the uh, for for casual players and more amateurs um I think the lineups are too chalky I guess a lot of times they're not taking enough chances Um, I guess maybe the ones that are and don't maybe even know about chalk or or who's going to be popular and who's not. um, I guess the correlation uh, isn't always there, like not using a passing stack, uh, maybe not using a run back um, or or also just, you know, in general, um, not, um, you know, it, it. The contests you play affect what type of lineup you should put in that contest, like the number of people in it, uh, the number of max entries, stuff like that. Um, A little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you actually hit on my next question, which is contest selection. I think for someone that hasn't been looking at DraftKings pricing, hasn't noticed trends, they walk in, they open up FanDuel, they open up Yahoo, they open up DraftKings, and they see, you know, just almost a smorgasbord of contests how do you sort through these? What do you recommend for people? I mean, I, I know it really depends on your flavor, but what do you recommend people that are more casual DFS players? What kind of contests would you you say that are uh, they should get into?
2: Yeah, so I think everyone has, I guess, a different skill set and different goals, so it's 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 probably different for everyone. But what I would recommend, um, so when I started playing, I would you know play the Millionaire Maker. And the huge, just the big tournaments, Um, the biggest ones with no, with 150 max entries. And now I don't play any of those. Um, I stick to the single entries, uh, the three max and the five max. Now, of course, we see, you know, people that put in one or two lineups take down one of those big tournaments every so often. (laughs) I love that, by the way. Yeah, I love love it, too. It actually just (laughs) happened last week. Guy won 1.2 million on. And I think $42 in entries or something like that. Oh, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you're just, you really are at a disadvantage when you have so many sharp pros putting in 150 lineups. And it's not just that um, you're, you're you're just less likely to win first because there's a lot more combinations that are covered that that will be covered. So I like to play in the single entries and the three max and the five max just because um, you're not as likely to get beat by random one-offs or, or you know, just lineups that you know lineups that people's 150 lineup isn't going to show up like in a single entry, oftentimes. Um, and then,
3: this Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try and I can tell you firsthand eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen and they're chef crafted dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week you'll have over 35 different options to choose from and there's something for every diet, including calorie smart protein plus and keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor's also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math, we've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to Factormeals.com slash RotoWire50 and use the code RotoWire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code RotoWire50 at Factormeals.com slash RotoWire50 to get 50% off today.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.
2: I think a lot of people like to play NFL cash as well. It's it's where I play the most cash. I, I just played tournaments um, in the other sports, but I play cash in NFL because I think there's a good edge in the single entry double ups as well, um, especially you know the lower stakes. I think they have two dollar, five dollar, ten dollar, um, all the way up to two fifty. But yeah, I like I like playing those single entry double ups as opposed to Um, random head-to-heads or the double-ups where people can max enter.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but first, just want to let everybody know that the Rotowire DFS podcast and live stream is brought to you by WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, the right decision. Listen up, folks! I have an incredible offer for you. Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now exclusive sponsor Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you the latest action with user-friendly interface, money line bets, booster, boosted parlays, over/unders, round rob. Live betting and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into the casino, double down to blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states: Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, all the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering RotoWire subscribers and listeners a risk-free bet uh, up to five hundred bucks on your first wager. Download WinBet now. Uh, that's WinBet W Y N uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, Wimbat, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Uh, you know, there's one thing I notice again. It's uh, you know, you guys. I, I love listening to your podcast. I listen uh, most weeks, and I and I you know I, I really I like the plays, but Scott really is good at reading those uh, those live reads, and he? he's got like that natural radio voice. Uh, there's zero chance that I could even measure up to that. So <laughs> I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, he, but I'm saying it's like some guy, you know, you know, you, you've listened back to yourself on podcasts. Do you, do you have that thing where you like hate your own voice?
2: Oh yeah. I hate it. And yeah, like I think Scott's <laughs> great. I, oh I my agree. God. That's great. Uh, I, think I'm terrible for the most
1: part. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I disagree with you. I think I, I, that's why I was looking forward to this. I, I think you, you got it, man. And, I, and I, I think you're a sharp player. And, I, and that's why I'm, I'm here to pick your brain, too. I, I, you know, I always like talking to the people that I'm curious about, you know, so that's why we're going to have some fun today. All right. Let's I, when we last left off here, we're talking about common mistakes. Um, and also, I think another thing is it's just understanding the format, half PPR versus full PPR. And why do you think that most of the Sharks play on draft? Is that even true that most of the Sharks play on D- draft Kings where the fan duel is a little bit more of the casual players? Is that a true statement?
2: Um, yeah, I think they, I think they play on both sites, uh, but, but it's, it's true that fan duel is easier. So why explain
1: that? To me. I've heard that before, but I don't understand why.
2: Uh, the, the salaries are much softer. They, they don't do a good job pricing players. So it's very easy to make really good lineups. So yeah, casual players do like playing there because it's easy to make lineups that look great.
1: Right. So it's almost like in a season long format, it's like playing in a 10 team league versus a 14 a team league where you know, your flex is going to be like Nick Chubb in the 10 team league. And basically it's some scrub wide receiver in a, in a 14 or so. Okay. That, that makes sense to me. And have you, and we're going to talk about Yahoo fantasy a little bit later. I have, I just started checking them out. It's a really cool interface. What do you think it is that Yahoo, like, have you played on the Yahoo game yet?
2: Yeah. So unfortunately I've been living in the UK for the past two years and I could only play on DraftKings there. So Mm -hmm. I haven't, unfortunately. Um, I see they are running amazing contests, though, for NFL. Crazy overlay. Um, So, I mean, I would play there. Um, But what were you going to say?
1: No, we're going to talk about them later. They're actually a sponsor of the show. So we'll get into that in a a few minutes. I think it's a
2: great idea to play on Yahoo.
1: A lot of my friends do. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit more about um, uh, the different sites and strategy. One uh, of the most common, and again, we're going to get into specific players and the, uh, and the showdowns and, and all that stuff because it's a great weekend of DFS. Week 16 is, again, one of my favorite weeks to, to get into DFS. I'm already kicked out of most of my, eliminated in most of my season-long leagues, but the flex spot, that's what I wrote down to talk to you about. Is it different? Like, who am I supposed to put in my flex spot generally? And obviously, it's going to vary from you know, specific players, but as a general rule, is it a running back? Is it a wide receiver? Is it ever a tight end? Does it matter? Take that uh, question any way you want. Hmm,
2: Okay. I think um, it kind of doesn't matter, um, but some weeks it does. Uh, A few years ago, it was popular to just always play three running backs. Um, Was that
1: like the Levy on Bell, David Johnson sort of era, that era? Yeah.
2: And, you know, the games changed a little bit, Um, sort of less running and less bell cow running backs, um, more passing, um, a little bit more scoring. So, like this season, people have favored playing a wide receiver at the flex um, because they have more upside generally than the running backs uh, for similar salary. Like, running backs are safer. So, you know, people sometimes want to put a running back there because you know, you feel safer, but uh, the receivers are the ones that are usually going to win you a tournament, you know, scoring 30 points or 40 points or whatever it is. Um, and people don't generally like to use tight end there, but I think it makes sense sometimes. Um, for instance, on smaller slates, like two, three game slates, I think it makes a lot of sense. And then on any slate, it makes sense when you have like a, a good cheap tight end options but maybe you also want to play Kelsey or Kittle you know we saw Kittle have big games recently 35 40 point games and double tight end was perfect uh, the, the the other reason double tight end is okay is because nobody does it so you get like you instantly get leverage so you can play you know maybe a little bit chalkier of a lineup And then if you use double tight end, that's kind of all you need to do to differentiate yourself uh, in tournaments. So I think it varies week to week, I guess, based on how strong each position is. Um, But there's flexibility there.
1: Yeah, because I've heard, you know, people are saying that double tight end is never the way to go. And I always I always say that when you hear something like that, that's when you go double tight end. Right. It's never.
2: Yeah, you're right. I think the same way.
1: Yep. Never listen to the experts. It's kind of a contradiction to what the podcast and, and that's what I think. I think that you, when you listen to fantasy content, podcasts, read articles, what you're supposed to do in my judgment is take in that process, see how the analysts are thinking about it. You can go with the analyst pick, but you're supposed to use that to then form your own opinion. I mean, yes, it, we all, we all love just say, Hey, who should I play at my flex, this guy or that guy, or who should I, which running back? And you should take some suggestions, but you're always supposed to process it. And there's never, never say never. And Oh, it has the saying go? It says, Oh, uh, never say always. And always say never. I don't remember. There's something like that. All right, let's get into a little bit, a little bit more strategy. And then when we get into the specific Saturday slate, uh, and then DraftKings is doing each game, each of the Saturday games separately, right? It's not like one slate for both games.
2: No, it is. It's it's one one slate for both games.
1: Okay, so but can you play the games individually? Can you play the 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 two game yeah, showdown? Yeah, yeah. There's there's uh, showdowns for each of them as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So again, if you're just getting, you could play both of those. I like I like the four games, uh, the four team slate, the two games. I think that it just opens up so many more options when you're doing this like a one game slate. I mean, obviously, people love that but it's just I don't know it's you have to go you have to go crazy in those and you know um well like last night for example, I don't think many people had AJ Brown especially in the captain slot right I mean what was his his roster percentage last night
2: I mean I think it was higher than you think than you was think. Higher. Um just because uh, he was much cheaper than the 49ers uh, than Kittle and Debo and also because no one wants to roster Julio Jones anymore. So AJ ended up being
1: pretty popular. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Then that makes sense for next year. I mean, when you just think about like just changing it over to like a uh, seasonal rankings, I mean, AJ Brown, he he's disappointed a lot of fantasy managers this year. And, and for DFS, when he was healthy, if people played on he disappointed, is he still a top five fantasy receiver, like moving forward?
2: Oh, I don't know. I might be the wrong guy to ask for season long.
1: Well, I'm um, saying, but you're going to think about that in a DF. I think the two are more connected than you think. I, yeah. Uh,
2: um, I still like taking a chance on him because he's inconsistent, but he has such a high ceiling. He's still had a couple huge games this season. Um, and also, you know, people don't like to roster him as much as some of the other receivers that are normally expensive. So you can usually get him at pretty low uh,
1: roster ship. Yeah. And I'll tell you the, here's the correlation as I see it between like dynasty season long guys and DFS guys. So when you're, when you have like a, like an average dynasty team or season long team, what I do is I listen to DFS podcasts. Cause I want to know who the DFS guys like that's cheap. That's on the waiver wire. If it's a, you know, a Zacchaeus one week or a Russell gauge. And then that guy's on my waiver wire. And my, you know, my wide receivers have like my stud wide receivers have a bad matchup. I'll listen to the DFS guys like yourself and say, Oh, who's the three K receiver. That's going to in a smash spot this year. And that's how I build my waiver wire lineups uh, in order to maybe if I'm like a 20% to 80% underdog. So yeah, I think there is a correlation there. I think so. All right. All right. Let's get into the Saturday slate a little bit. uh it, you have, let it? we have the two games are, let's say we have the Colts and Arizona and it's Cleveland and green Bay. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. Correct. Okay. So where are you going with quarterback and some of your lineups talk through that and maybe some alternative strategies just with quarterback right now.
2: Okay. Um, well, just to start, I just want to tell everyone that I've focused much more on the Sunday games than these Saturday. So, um, So forgive you for all the terrible advice. No, no, no. We'll try to go through it together. Um, I do have some ideas though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm just trying to see if Baker's going to play, but yeah. Okay. He's going to. Let's assume Baker's going to play. I was assuming he's going to play too. Um, So I like Wentz and Baker just because 5,400 and 5,300, they're, they're two, two K less than, Rogers and Murray. Um, it's not that I like, uh, Baker and Wentz more than those guys. I definitely don't, but I just think, uh, that's the construction I want to go with at least initially. Um, because there's, there's expensive players on this slate, like Jonathan Taylor's 8,300 Devonte Adams, 8,700. Like I want to fit those guys in comfortably. Um, there's also good value to like both Wentz and Brown have a cheap receiver worth rostering and they're the same price Landry and uh Pittman 5-1 and 5k so it's really easy to sort of just make a similar construction and maybe have one with Baker and Landry one with Wentz and uh Pittman that's uh that's what I was thinking initially um obviously there's other options too like I I I'll definitely have some exposure to either Aaron Rodgers or Kyler. Um, I,
0: mean,
2: I haven't decided who, yet, but who are you pairing Rodgers
1: with? Is this just always yeah. Devante Adams or is there it, an alternative? It like a,
2: so on a two game slate, you can do like a bigger stack. Like, you know, you, the, the goal would be for Rodgers to throw four touchdowns. So I'd probably pair him with Devante. Um, I'd pair him with maybe one of the tight, end. probably Degara. He's 2,800 and like rostering a, tight end that's that cheap uh it just it allows you to pay up in other spots like six what do you have five five targets last week yeah and you know the Packers tight ends always have a decent chance to get into the end zone when you're playing with Rodgers so I'd probably pair him with Adams and Degara but also um if Valdez Scantling is going to be out which it looks like Lazard is a great price so i definitely have some Lazard too. Um, It makes the Packers stacks pretty appealing because Lazard and like Degara are so cheap. um, Makes it easier.
1: Yeah. When you have the tight ends, when you're paying down in that like 3k range, you don't need everyone always thinks you need to like find like this home run pick at every pick. Sometimes you're just trying to hit a double. I mean, if Degara gets two catches for eight yards and one of them's a touchdown, like, that's like a home run it's really a double but it's a home run based on on the price you paid so I think that's that's sharp advice and if you're gonna punt the position do you always is tight end the position to punt in a in a short slate like this um
2: sometimes it's actually it's the exact opposite sometimes tight end would be the position not to punt I think it just depends on who the other players are like um Ertz Ertz is the most expensive tight end um you know he's an he's He's a decent play, but it's not, you know, Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews. Um, Basically, the opportunity cost at the position uh, is what I'm looking at uh, for the most part.
1: Yeah, people have a sour taste in their mouth right now with Kyler Murray. I I heard it described uh, on on another podcast. So funny that they said Kyler Murray is like, uh, you remember that, that, that pack of baseball cards that you got when you were a kid and there was that little piece of bubble gum in there and you put the <laughs> bubble do. gum in your mouth and it was so delicious but like 30 seconds later it was just like tasted like total crap they <laughs> said that's what Kyler Murray's like he's so great in the beginning of the season and then the last couple it's just like Ugh, he's not running he's he's paying you know the fantasy scores on'm paying top dollar I thought that was a a, a, a very good comparison, but is this the week when nobody wants to roster Kyler Murray? Could he be like a little bit of a sneaky, uh, you know, stack with one of the Cardinal pass catchers?
2: Oh, I, yeah, no, I, uh, yes, I, I, I don't mind taking a chance on Kyler. Um, I don't know, you know, how it, it's tough to be sneaky on a two with a, on a, just a two game right. slate. I mean, he'll definitely, I could pull up some some projected percentages right now he'll definitely still be popular um but yeah i i like it because you know the the main reason i used to or the main reason i never liked to roster kyler is because none of his pass catchers get a lot of targets when you know you 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 would people would want to pair him with deandre hopkins but you know hopkins was seen five six four five target like yeah you just t- never know who he's gonna throw the touchdown to um Now it's much easier, and his pass catchers are much cheaper. Um, I do like Christian Kirk um, and A.J. Green. Um, Green has a lot of – Green has touchdown upside. Kirk should see a ton of targets. You could even, like, get some leverage and pair him with Chase Edmonds. Uh, People don't like to roster – running backs with quarterbacks that often, but Edmonds catches passes. He's cheap. um, Especially
1: James Connors, a game time decision. So keep an eye on that. That's, that could be an interesting one. I like that play. And since he, since Edmonds had a poor performance from fantasy last week, people might just skip right over him.
2: Yeah. um, No, I agree. I I like Edmonds this week, especially with, obviously if Conner, if Conner and uh, he believes he'll play. Yeah. I mean, obviously if, if Conner was out, uh, Edmonds would be very popular, but yeah, with Connor expected to play, I really like going to Edmonds.
1: It's, uh, you know, it's funny. You saw, uh, James Connor made the all pro team. It's very interesting that he, uh, he's made the pro ball, right? Not the all Pro team. He made the pro ball for the, uh, for the NFC. I mean, he's reminds me of like old, I know he's got like a ton of touchdowns, but it reminds me of like Jerome Bettis. He has not a lot of yards, a ton of touchdowns. I mean, a lot of fantasy value. Uh, certainly a lot of DFS value, but that was interesting that he was one of the running backs that made it. Uh, yeah, and really t- that
2: uh, before the season. But the fact that he was leading the league in touchdowns for so long, I think that's just it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that correlates with what you were talking about with Kyler Murray running a little bit less. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about Yahoo Fantasy and the NFL season's heating up as we get towards the end of the regular season. And Yahoo is going big on Daily Fantasy this season. There's a ton of big prize contests throughout the year. Yahoo, including the multi-entry contest, which is now shark free, as you heard. Belongi is not in there. Shark free. No sharks like him Uh, to celebrate. Yahoo is going big on DFS uh, as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark free. Yahoo is giving all its users the opportunity to claim 10 bucks free site credit. Users could take advantage of this free $10 site credit offer to join any paid contest, including Yahoo's biggest contest, the weekly million dollar DFS baller contest the weekly one million dollar contest features a million bucks in total prizes first prize receiving 100k uh, and tons of overlay as you talked about earlier play daily fantasy football on yahoo this season visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy uh slash welcome uh to the claim your free 10 buck offer and get started all right Uh, definitely check it out. If you haven't checked out Yahoo fantasy, I, like I said, the other day I was on there for the last couple weeks and they have a really sweet interface, very easy to use game. Let's get into the Sunday a little bit now. That's why people came here. We're only what, let's see how far are we into this podcast? We're in 30 minutes and we're now first talking about the Sunday slate, but I, I think a lot of that strategy information is great. Refresh. You know, I've been playing season long and dynasty forever. But when people talk strategy, it just like resets my brain a little bit. Cause you start, you know, you, you know this stuff, but it's great to, to verbalize it. All right. Sunday slate. Let's go. I want to talk about some of the games that have some injury impacts. First. The one that popped out to me was the chargers game. And we're, we're going to skip around here. There's not going to be any rhyme or reason. Chargers are 10 point favorites in Houston, 46 total Eckler is out. I mean, he said it on the Yahoo podcast. He is not playing. Where are you at on the Justin Jackson situation? Are you going to be rostering him everywhere? Um, Not everywhere. So
2: Justin Jackson is going to be popular. Yeah, 4,200. Uh, it's just it's really something you can't pass it up with Eckler out him as the main back uh, matchup against the Texans. uh, Yeah. It's just a great spot. So yeah, I I will have a lot of Justin Jackson. Um, The reason for not just jamming him is because there's actually a lot of good cheap running backs this week. Um, If we didn't have good value in the 5k range and maybe even the 6k range, then I wouldn't Um, like, you know, if we had, Guys like McCaffrey or uh, Kamara or those expensive running backs to to spend up for, then yeah. But um, I think you're still gonna like I'm still gonna want to have a lot of Jackson. It's a really good spot.
1: And then if, if he starts to get you know popular or over owned or you know too too much, is there? is there a case for Josh Kelly? I mean, he's going to be involved. I know he had that terrible fumble on the goal line. It was last opportunity. And you know, that there's no better way to get into the doghouse than a fumble in the NFL for some reason, but a fumble on the goal line is almost like, you know, it's castration, right? I mean, it's the coaches do not like that at all, Uh, but are you going to be interested in Kelly at all?
2: Yeah, not really. Um, I think, it kind of makes sense for the really big tournaments like like that big $3 tournament or the or even the millionaire maker but not for the tournaments i play i just think it's it's a bit too risky and like you said that fumble at the goal line um that just makes me like justin jackson more
1: yeah and then i'm sure La- larry roundtree will get into the uh the action as well uh, you know they're going to certainly activate him because justin jackson for as much as we like his skill set, he certainly has in-game injury risk. I mean, he has not been the epitome of health. Yeah, other play,
2: sorry, I should just should also say like we shouldn't just expect that Jackson's gonna come in and be a three-down back like Eckler. Um, they can they can use these other guys. Like there's there's plenty of uh, possibilities for Justin Jackson to score. You know, ten points or less. He's not guaranteed to get there.
1: When you get off the podcast, if you go into my Twitter, I retweeted something from Yahoo. That Liz Loza had Eckler on, and Eckler was telling people on that that little clip to pick up Justin Jackson. So that's going to artificially drive. I mean, it had that video had fifty thousand views. It's going to. I saw it tr- too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the, it's going to drive ownership to him. So that's why. Uh, I was asking you if if I'm overthinking it by pivoting to one of the other two running backs, and you said you you agreed that that might just be overthinking it.
2: Yeah, that's too much just because there's a lot of other good value. So you could just uh, pivot to a guy that's a little more expensive, but still cheap.
1: Yeah, other players in that game that are – unlikely to play is uh, I I know Guyton is not like a someone you're rostering, but does that open up targets for someone else? Donald Parham clearing out. uh, Maybe I wanted to ask you about Jared Cook. And on the other side, Brandon Cooks is looking dicey. Who are some of the other players based on those injuries? Let's assume that they're not playing Guyton, Parham, and Brandon Cooks. Is there anyone else you're interested in this game?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it's good that you started with this game. I think the Chargers – you know, as of now, might be my favorite stack on the whole slate. Um, see, I think I Yeah, Eckler being out um, already is great for the receivers. Then Guyton out adds a little more. Parnum out makes Cook a little bit more viable. But I, but I really like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, great matchup. They should see a few extra targets. Great quarterback. Um, yeah, it all makes sense. And then. From the Houston side, you know, you don't have to run it back with anyone, but I think you can. And there's a few guys that are interesting. Well, one especially, uh, with Cooks out, Nico Collins should see a big bump in targets. Um, he had 10 in week 14, but uh, only I don't know, four last week, something like that. But with Cooks out, yeah, he's he's so cheap, 3,400. And you know, he's a good player too. I think he was, uh, it, I don't know, second or third round pick. I don't remember. Uh, he was a good. third,
1: third round pick,
2: third, third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. He's looked good this season. Uh, has, has big play upside too for 3,400. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind, yeah. like I, I like a chargers stack and maybe running it back with, with Nico Collins.
1: Yeah, for not having any early picks, I think uh, the Houston Texans, they really drafted well this year. I really like Collins. It sounds like you do too. He's Mm -hmm. almost like a rich man's uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They're obviously compared because they both went to Michigan and had the poor quarterback play. And I'm a Davis Mills truther. I mean, that's the I'm not quitting Davis Mills. Uh, I mean, he was playable last week if you put him in there. I mean, is there some... No, I'm glad you brought that up. Like uh, Davis Mills
2: actually... Makes me feel okay about playing a Texans receiver. I have more confidence in Davis Mills than Tyrod Taylor for sure. Um, He's looked pretty decent the last two weeks, so yeah, it makes me more confident uh, with
1: Collins. Yeah, Uh, Davis Mills when you know when he was going from high school to college, and he was in that same class as Lawrence and Fields. He was the number one rated. Uh, freshman uh, coming in, obviously he had some bad injuries and then Lawrence did what he did in college and fields. But I always think that Davis mills was, is underrated player. Uh certainly looked the party's got a few 300 yard games this year. I'm listen, this is, this is too good, man. I, I like when other people like these garbage players like me. So, uh, so now I see a lot of people. What do you think the most popular stacked game is going to be? Which is the one where everyone's going to gravitate to this year, uh, this, this week?
2: Um, So this slate is filled with a lot of games that just aren't appealing. Um, There are no games that have a total over 50. And I think uh, only one that has a total above looks like 46. So, so, so it'll be, it'll be the Rams Vikings. uh, Okay. I agree with you there. Uh, So, sorry, what'd you say?
1: I was saying, I think, yes, that's going to be the ones that people gravitate to, but You, because I was going to ask you, what's your pivot game? Then you've already identified the Chargers game. So let's, well, first let's let's go to that game. What what do you think are going to be the key pieces? So right now the Rams are they're three and a half point favorites on the road at Minnesota. The totals forty nine, or did you see it tick up to fifty?
2: Oh, sorry, that yeah, I was looking at. um, It changes all the time, especially with right now. Yeah, forty eight point five right now.
1: Okay, so it's dipping. I mean, Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. maybe uh, caused that line to drop a half a point. Who knows? I mean, the uh, the total to drop a half a point. But all right, so Dalvin's out. The obvious is Alexander Madison. People are, are going to be interested in him. Mm-hmm. Are you fading Madison? Are you going in on him? And then what are you doing? Let's start with the Viking side. What are you doing with the pass catchers?
2: Um. So we need to know about feeling. Obviously, um, I guess he's been practicing limited guy gets seems like he's going to play. But yeah, Madison's going to be popular, Um, you know, matchup against the Rams. I I'll have to check who I'll have to check if the Rams, you know, I know they were dealing with a bunch of COVID um, stuff last game. So I don't know if their defense is fully healthy, but I think they're okay uh, for the most part our defense. They have the best run defense in the league. So I think they actually passed Tampa Bay. So maybe, maybe they're second, Um, but that's good enough reason to fade Madison. If you want to now, he's still a good salary at 6,800 because he catches passes too. Um, You never want to worry like too much about matchup, but the Rams have a good run defense. So I can get behind fading Madison. Like me personally, I'm probably going to be underweight on Madison. Uh, I don't know about like a full fade. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, it might make sense to roster him opposite Cooper cup. If, if you're going to play that game. Um, but I do prefer, I think I prefer like if Thielen plays, I'd prefer the Ram side because I think Justin Jefferson might be a bit too popular. Um, and I, I, you know, what do you, what do you think about that game? Like, you know, Jalen Ramsey, um, I don't necessarily like rostering guys against Ramsey. I know he hasn't been shadowing uh, receivers, but like with feeling out there, that's less targets for Jefferson. You know, it's a pretty tough matchup. It's going to be popular. There's just a lot of reasons. Like it's not, it's not, I guess that I don't like these guys. I love Justin Jefferson. He's, you know, top three receiver in the league already. Um, we've seen him put up huge games this season, but I think he's going to be more popular than he should be. So I might just take a chance and fade like uh, it's it's partly because I like cup better, too. So I guess I want to uh, get exposure to one of those guys, like maximize
1: exposure. And it's tough to do if you're going to play both of them. So uh, you, you said a lot of good things here. And I, I there was three points that I wanted to underline the highlight. I was talking to a few of, so before I was working at Rotowire, I was doing some, helping some with some season long content at DFS army. Right. And the, they have really good sharp players over there. They teach, they do the right thing. They teach players how to play DFS similar to what you guys do. It's like, you're not always just talking about picks. You're really trying to help people shift their mindset, think about things in a strategic way. And, What one of the players, the sharp players over there, said is that his specific strategy is he's just been locking cup into his lineup and then going from there. I said 9,100. He's it doesn't matter, it's 30 points. It's his floor is 20 points. His strategy that you know he is working with is I lock cup in and then I build my lineup. First, make a comment on that and feel free to critique that strategy if you think that's silly. I mean, is Cooper Uh Cup the starting pillar of winning lineups? No, I don't
2: think it's silly. Um, obviously, there's a good argument on both sides. The reason I don't think it's silly is because I've done the same thing most weeks. Um, there's been there's been quite a few weeks this year where I've had Cup on every lineup. Um, now that's for a couple reasons. One, like he just crushes every week, and like I learned the hard way, fading him a couple times earlier in the season. Um, now the worry about that. Obviously his salary's high, but now he's really popular most weeks. Uh and he's gonna be really popular again this week. So you don't really want to be even with the field uh in terms of like a player's popularity. So if you know if Cup's gonna be, I don't know, 30, 25, 30, 40% owned, I don't know, de- depending on the slate, you know, it makes sense to either. Go all in or maybe close to a full fade. Mm. Um, personally, one, like Kup's one or the been, other.
1: You're saying go all yeah, in, yeah, stay one with or the field from a, from a
2: game theory perspective, one or the other. So it you know, if you love cup, it can be correct to just jam him in on all your lineups. Um, if you like cup but want to fade him just for game theory, that's great, also. I mean, um, I guess maybe I'm not brave enough uh to, to fade cup, but if you fade, you know, the most expensive player on the slate, that's also one of the most popular. And he just, well, if he busts, you just, you're you're in business. But if he just has an okay game, I mean, yeah, th- that, that's how you win a tournament, fading cup when he doesn't smash.
1: Here, I'll give you a little narrative. I love narrative street. I know it's not a way to play fantasy football in DFS, but... They're fun to talk about. So heading into last week, Cooper cup needed just under just over 118, 119 yards every game to break Megatron's yardage record. Now I know there's an extra game, but that's not going to matter anymore. It's they it, did. The seasons are what they are. They're getting an extra game to break records. I think the Rams are aware of that. I think that they want to get C- cup that record. He needs again, about 120 yards every single game. They are not going to let Cooper cup get schemed out of this game. I think until further notice, he is a lock button. I, like you said, though, a full fade is just betting against them. Uh, you know, him getting taken out. You're betting on injury. It could be an in-game injury. But it's almost like Christian McCaffrey from you know, 2019. Yeah, was it, was it 19? yeah, it was 19 he had that monster season. You could fade him, but every, every week that, that winning lineup had him in there. So you just kind of have to put him in. Uh, the, other, the other player that you talked about is Justin Jefferson. You're talking about a little bit less targets if Adam Thielen comes back. Because Adam Thielen's listen, he's 31 years old, he's still a great player. I think we're at the point though that Justin Jefferson is walking into the stadium with 10 targets in his back pocket, like as his floor. Yeah. Would you agree with that? And yeah, so you
2: know, he he, yeah, I was probably take back what I said before, like even with feeling (laughs) back, you know, because dalvin dalvin's also out so yes. you know that's a little bit of a bump to jefferson but even with Thielen in there yeah you're right it, it doesn't matter i just think there, there's a a little bit more volatility um Great. and like a little bit less touchdown upside too that's what it is Cousins, yes Cousins looks for Thielen in the end zone so
1: oh yeah no. Thielen is is basically like Devonte adams level uh target in inside the five yard line. I mean, if there's, if I told you uh, the Vikings are inside the five yard line right now, and it's going to be a passing touchdown, I would say the favorite, the odds on favorite would be Thielen to catch that ball. Right. I mean, it's inside the five. So I think that's a, that's a really good point to underline when they get in close without Dalvin cook, you might, you know, you might get eight for 80 or, or nine for or 100, but that might be it for Justin Jefferson, whereas Thielen might have five for 50 with two touchdowns. So uh, that's a, a sharp play there. The game that I like moving over to, and you tell me if you think this is a, a little bit, you can call me a donkey if you want. I, I don't mind because again, I admittedly, I'm a bit more of a casual DFS player, but I ask. I think I asked the right questions and I'm starting to learn the right process from listening to guys like you and Scott. All right. Sneaky shootout game. Ravens are getting three points in Cincinnati. Uh, what's the total on that game? I'm looking it up as we talk, but any interest um, in that game? Let's assume Lamar. We can assume Tyler, you know, Tyler Huntley in a minute. What's the total on that one? Yeah, 45. Okay.
2: I'm glad you brought that up. The totals, like, they don't necessarily matter that much uh, on I this slide, especially, um, you know, with the... We said the Rams Vikings is 48.5. No other game has a total above that. So, you know, don't all, all, it makes all of these games a bit more playable. So don't, don't, don't be
1: turned off by low totals, I guess. All right. So let's start with the Raven side for a minute. Let's assume Lamar and let's even, you know what? Let's make an assumption that he's maybe ankle is a little tender. He's not going to run as much as he would run. So that must mean that they're going to pass a little bit more. Uh, If you're going to go and take a chance and roster Lamar Jackson, who's the pass catcher that you would tie them to time to. Mm.
2: Okay. So if Lamar starts, I think I would probably prefer Hollywood Brown or at least yeah, Hollywood Brown. Um, And what, you know, we've seen Hunley just lock in on Andrews recently have, I guess I like, I guess I like Hollywood's chances of catching a deep ball better with Lamar than Hunley, um, and I like the salary savings too. Uh, to be honest, though, I don't know if I'd play the Baltimore side of this game. Uh, maybe you should. If, if do you like it more than I do? I kind of like the Cincinnati side.
1: Yeah, and th- I was saving I was saving the 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 juicy stuff for the second part of a, of this game. But yeah, if you're gonna go Baltimore, and I, and I agree with you that the Cincinnati side with the banged up secondary in Baltimore is probably the way to do this. But and yeah, just you know, let's cover all angles here. Um, yeah. there's no there's no running back that I really like. If Tyler Huntley's playing, I don't mind playing him naked. You know, I mean, he obviously was the QB one last week. I think that he is. I mean, if you're if he has announced the starter. I don't think any credible rank should have him outside of the top five quarterbacks. I'd rather roster him than Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson is the obvious one. And, you know, it's when you talk about him or Jalen Hurts, that's like a real conversation. Uh, I don't think it was a fluke with Tyler Huntley from a fantasy perspective. Okay, let's no, get over I, to the, si- yeah, the side. That, yeah, let's the side that you like, uh, and, and I think you, you're smart to like it, is the Cincinnati side. Uh, break that down a little bit. Who do you think are some sharp plays that people can roster in, in DraftKings or FanDuel?
2: Um Burrow for one. Um he's just cheap uh on DraftKings fifty nine hundred and you know the matchup home to Baltimore is actually like a pretty good spot, uh especially in relation to this slate that's not great. Um the other reason I like it is I don't think Chase and Higgins are gonna be that popular, at least compared to um receivers priced a little below them and one's price above them, they're going to go a little bit forgotten about. So I think like a Cincinnati stack doesn't even have to be, you don't even have, you don't have to stack this game like uh, like a big stack. Just just burrow with one pass catcher is fine. If you want, you can run it back with a Raven. You don't have to. Um, if you want, you can also add CJ Uzoma in there. Um, there's not, Like there's not that many good cheap tight ends this week, Um, and Usoma's he's playable in especially in bigger field tournaments.
1: Any interest in Boyd? He was the leading receiver last week. He caught five balls for about 96 yards, and he scored a touchdown. I mean, Tyler Boyd has been MIA all season long, and he's a good player. I mean, if you know, he's someone that actually is is probably going to be a number two receiver on most teams. He's certainly the third or fourth pass catcher here any interest there in a loan? Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't mind Boyd. Like I agree with you. I, I like Boyd. I think he's a good player. I just, you know, the other two guys, the ceiling just seems bigger, you know, that they're, they're more likely Boy. to catch uh, long touchdowns, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, at least that's how I feel. You know, a lot of Boyd stuff is short routes over the middle and he could have a good game, but I just don't know if he scores me 25 that often, which is like still what I'm looking for. You know, Boyd, those type of guys, they're like safe, decent plays. And if he gets into the end zone, it could be a good play at that salary. But I don't know. I just, I'm after a little bit more upside.
1: Yeah. It feels like you're chasing last week a little bit too much. And I think that's, you know, when we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, common mistakes, I think that could be something that I fall victim to in, in season long dynasty and certainly DFS is chasing last week stats. Um, you know, it's I, I'm working on, and we're about to uh, release the dynasty superflex rankings over at rotowire.com. And I'm having a, just a little small dilemma with Jamar chase. I mean, think about from a dynasty perspective, he's going to be, a top receiver, but is he the wide receiver one? Is he the wide receiver four? I mean, do you play any dynasty? I don't. Okay. Um, so, but just then that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm glad that you say no is because I, I you ask experts that are consensus forms. Someone that doesn't play dynasty. Where do you think Jamar chase should be among the wide receivers? Should he be one? Should he be, I mean, where would you rank him?
2: Yeah. Um, going forward. So yeah, from a dynasty season. perspective.
1: Or- yeah, yeah. for a dynasty um, perspective, a keeper league
2: perspective. Well, I think he looks pretty good going forward. I don't know that like like I it doesn't see I don't think he, he's gonna reach like the Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, I don't know, Stefan Diggs, like that level. I don't know if he reaches that level. Um just because Like his Higgins, their number one receiver, right? Chase's targets are so inconsistent, but again, he's just a rookie. So like Burrow also Burrow's going to get better too. Like, I I really like Burrow. I really like Burrow's future prospects. So like Chase is going to trend up like, you know, that stuff I said about him not reaching the levels of those other guys. He very well could. Um, There's just like, yeah, some obstacles, I guess.
1: Yeah. I'm here with Ryan Belange. I'm Alan Soslowski. We're talking DFS. This is our, the road to Water live stream. We, we've, you know, like I said, the hour flies by. So I want to cover a few more games lightning round style so we can help the people out. Uh, another game that I don't think people are going to look at too hard, but you tell me the the Washington football team is getting 10 points. Is it that game in Dallas? Right. And it's, I think the total is about forty six and a half. Uh, is this a game that you might look at? Uh, I, I, you know, it's that
2: game is not on the slate. That's the Sunday night game. Oh, right? that's the
1: Sunday night game. Okay, that's why I had Sunday it. Over there. All right, all right. So then there's another game. I want to talk about Tampa. Then okay, Tampa Bay Tampa, yeah. is is ten point favorites in Carolina. Total is low forty three. Godwin out. Uh, Leonard Fournette out. Mike Evans is iffy. Can you play Brady? Other who are you playing? Anyone from this from this game on either side?
2: Okay, well um Antonio Brown is going to be very popular I mean very chalky and 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 right rightfully so uh 4,900 without Godwin there um and even without Fournette there like it's just it's way too cheap um I know Brown hasn't played since week six um but you know assuming he's good to go yeah, he's going to be one of the most popular players on the slate, and it's it's tough to avoid without, like, especially if Evans is out, like, that's one of those where I would have a tough time fading. It's just way too cheap.
1: Um, and, any of those other receivers, too? Uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, uh, Scotty yeah. Miller. I mean, are those guys on your radar at all?
2: If Evans is out, absolutely. Like, if they don't have Godwin, Evans, and Fournette, their top three pass catchers, I know Gronkowski also Uh, but yeah I'd have some interest in Tyler Johnson too if if Evans was out absolutely Um, I do think you can roster Brady too Um, he might not be like he might not be that popular and Tampa Bay still has either I think the second highest pass rate in the league I don't just think they're gonna you know, hand it off to Ronald Jones all game, but I have interest in Ronald Jones too. Like, yeah, the, the Tampa side of this game is going to be pretty popular and, and it should be because there's just, there's good salaries um, with, with all their stars out basically.
1: So you, you talked about Ronald Jones. I mean, he, in, in seasonal leagues, he's the pickup, like, you know, everyone's like running out, they're pushing two hands in the grab Ronald Jones. I have lower confidence in Ronald Jones than I think the market. I mean he doesn't catch passes. I mean he is going to be the workload running back on one of the best offenses in a decent matchup. I mean Carolina's pretty good defense, but so you what how would you guess Ronald Jones's ownership or roster ship percentage is going to be this? Is he 15%? Is he 30%? Where where is he going to be?
2: Yeah, um I think he will fall around mm-hmm somewhere in the twenties. So I think, I think he'll be popular. Like he would have been very popular if Justin, if, you know, if Eckler didn't, wasn't out and we didn't have Justin Jackson. Um, But yeah, Jones is still going to be one of the more popular running backs, but you know, I'm with you. I have some reservations. Uh, There's other good running backs in that salary range. And yeah, I just, I don't know about Jones's workload. Yeah, like he could be a great play if he gets 20 carries and catches a few passes. Um, we've also seen like Tampa Bay, uh, you know, he's sort of been in and out, in and out of the doghouse at times, uh, fumbling at times. Uh, I don't know, like it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibility to see them using some other running backs too. Um, all that being said, you know, if you like Ronald Jones, yeah, he's cheap. Like it's a good spot to take a chance on him, but he, he will be pretty popular.
1: Okay. We're going to do a lightning round. So we're going to do this quick cause you have a few minutes left, but I think this okay. is, this is one of my favorite things, pay up or pay down. I'm going to do it by position. So I'm going to tell, ask you quarterback. You're going to tell me who your pay up option, who your pay down mm-hmm. option is. And we're going to do that across. So we're going to do zip, zip, zip. Okay. Quarterback pay up option. Herbert. Pay down option.
2: Mm, I'm not going to pay down on this slate uh, because there's so much value, but like Matt Ryan's in a good spot. Justin Fields is in an okay spot. Um, Just pay middle for Jalen Hurts. That's what, that's what I do.
1: Fair enough. Running back pay up. Madison. Madison. And what is he, 6,800?
2: Oh, yeah, it's a weird slate. Like, it's tough to do this quick. This is, I've never seen a slate that doesn't have expensive running backs. Dalvin's out, Eckler's out. Uh, it's a bad spot for Najee Harris. So, like, Madison's almost the most expensive running back at 6'8. That's crazy. So, uh,
1: yeah. I, yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I like that. That's good analysis right there. Like, all the expensive options aren't options. So, right. <laughs> I like, all right, pay down option.
2: Uh, so, It's hard not to say Justin Jackson, but like other guys that are good plays a little higher. James Robinson, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders.
1: Love that. I love the Miles Sanders call too. He was sneaky good last week and everyone always hates Miles Sanders. He's always a good play. All right. Wide receiver pay up Cooper cup. Love it. Pay down.
2: (sighs) Oh,
1: I can see the steam coming out of your ears as I ask you these questions, by the way.
2: No, no, no. So Antonio Brown is like the Antonio Brown is like in just a complete smash spot, but lower than that. Um,
1: Nico Collins. Yep. No, that's good. We talked about him earlier. Uh, that I think that's a sharp play right there. I can easily see Nico Collins going like six for, for 90 and a touchdown. I mean, it's totally plausible. All right. Tight end. My favorite position. Pay up option.
2: Uh it's not all the way up, but Goddard. Pay down. Oh Jared Cook if Parnum is out. Um well, out. Or, he's he's not playing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Jared Cook or Cole Komet.
1: What do you think about Albert Oka uh Albert Al- Bomb? There you go. Yeah. Uh Alberto, I, I listen, he was the leading receiver in Denver last week. Drew Locke loves that guy. He played college football with him. I think it their first year playing together. He had like 11 touchdowns in, in Missouri. Uh is, is he I think he might be better than Noah Fant. I know that's like sacrilegious to say. Is he an option for it to hit a single or double? Or no, nah, you're not touching the Drew Locke offense.
2: Yeah, I I don't really want to touch the Drew Locke offense, to be honest. Um, and an
1: Okay, that's fine. I respect that and that's probably smart. I told you. I'm a little bit of a wild man when it comes to DFS, but again, you know, I've been taken down a big contest. I know you have. Well, um, if,
2: if Fant was out, like I know it maybe it doesn't like matter that much, but if Fant was out, yeah, I'd be all over Alberto. Um but yeah, I don't know.
1: Not not for me. All right. Defense. Who's the pay up option if there is one?
2: Oh. Philly looks pretty good. KC looks pretty good. I would say
1: Who's Philly yeah. playing this week again? Philly has They're uh home against the Giants. Home against the Giants, right? So I okay.
2: mean, you know, it's a pretty good spot with the Jake like,
1: Fromm Giants, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Pay down option then.
2: Um if Jared Goff doesn't play. The Falcons at home oh. against the Lions.
1: Oh, I, I love that play. That Tim Boyle, man. I you know, it, uh, you you heard that incredible stat on him in like college. He has like one touchdown and thirteen picks. How does yeah. a guy like that even get into the NFL? It's unbelievable. <laughs> he must have like you know incriminating photos of Roger Goodell or something <laughs> like that. It's it's unbelievable. All right, right. Uh, yeah. No, Ryan, this is this is fun, man. We had a good time here. I just want to let everybody know that. Uh, have you by the way? Have you play? Are you into prop betting at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm getting more and more into it. It's in you know, RotoWire was just purchased by the Gambling.com company, and they were they are very big into the prop stuff too. I was uh, talking with some of those guys, and by the way, Thrive, who's one of our sponsors, has an amazing prop site. Uh, Thrive is back for another fantasy season. Uh, They're running huge guaranteed contests every week with Thrive Fantasy. You can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on. They only do like the top guys. Like you don't have to dig into the middle or the bottom tier. They only have like the the well known the well known athletes. Who have the biggest impact on the game? If you sign up today, by the way, Ryan, you get six free months of RotoWire, which is worth it in itself. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription Uh, you go to slash thrive, deposit 10 bucks at a minimum. You can do up to $100 and you get a full 100% match bonus. So that means if you put in 50 bucks, you get free 50 to play with. Play your first paid contest and receive six free months of RotoWire. It's like a no brainer deal. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, scrolled through on Thrive. I actually play them each week. It's a really great contest. And like I said, the props are beatable over there just by, you know, just you'll be able to tell because they're using the top guys. So uh, definitely go check out our partners at Thrive. All right. Give people. Uh, an actionable piece of advice they should take away heading into Week 16. I'm putting the pressure on you right here. What how, how they should build their lineups? What is something they should keep in mind as they build all their lineups for Week 16? Mm. <laughs> These are tough questions, right?
2: <laughs> Honestly, I, like just a general, just in general, to go with your gut when you have tough decisions. Don't I mean you you touched on it? You touched on it a little bit. Don't go look for you know what some expert says or who somebody's play is. If you have a strong conviction of, about something, absolutely go with it. Um, the NFL is very unpredictable. The margins between who is a quote unquote, good play and who isn't are very thin. Um, and you'd hate to you'd hate to lose with somebody else's play rather than make your own. Uh, so I think like, I think that's the best advice. Yeah. Go, go with your gut for your tough decisions. Don't, don't listen to other people.
1: Yeah. And for those new, I love that by the way, I think that's really sound advice actionable too. And I think, uh, you know, I've heard, uh, our colleague Chris list say this, but he was quoting, uh, either a philosopher and he's talking about the, the expert only sees one solution where the beginner sees many, you know, you're not mm-hmm. tainted by process. So, so <laughs> Go with your gut. I mean, obviously, get uh, strategy down. Understand what the market's doing with roster-ship right. percentages. Right. But I, I think that's really sound strategy you gave them. Thanks. All right, man. All right. For for Ryan Belanji. I'm Alan Soslowski, sitting in for Scott Jenstead, who will be back next week from his life of leisure. And thanks for listening to the Rotor Wire Friday podcast, DFS podcast. Good luck with all your lineups, and we'll see you next week.